Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Wow, is that silence in a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Stop up. It. Pop pass up the middle. Got Tucker's it. got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit, oh. hit in. Gregory, touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It goes to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing in the miss. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97 points. 100.1. ESPN Radio. Heard. 96.5 FM. Heard wherever you are. Wherever you are doing. On the ESPN app. Heard. And everything in between. I'm QSportsTalk.com. Probably better to use the thesaurus. Get some juicy words. Being able to see a radio show. I mean, come on. Let's go. That right there should be enough. Staring at a handsome man who just got a haircut for two hours. Let's go. But there's other things that happen there where you can chat throughout the show. And look, getting your take heard on the radio, that's a cool thing. Like You, you, you know, you call mom and mom says, hey, how was your day? Oh, yeah. Tell you how my day was. I was on the radio. That's how my day was. That's cool, right? That's cool. But if you just want to have a conversation, get your takes out there, be a part of the show, we got a live chat flowing at QSportsTalk.com where you can opine as much as you'd like. So please do that. And during radio breaks, we keep the camera on, keep the microphone on. We just keep talking to you, exclusive commentary, questions, uh, behind the scenes, nonsense. You just never know what's going to happen during breaks. So come on by. QSportsTalk.com, where you can see the exclusive Jim Beheim conversation. Yeah. Yeah, after the Jim Beheim radio program, he hangs out with Gomez, and they chat with you exclusively on QSportsTalk.com. And if I do say so myself, uh, some of the best stuff that Beheim has said as of late has come from that chat, from your questions. So be a part of that tonight. Don't forget the Jim Beheim show over on TK99 as well. 7 o'clock, Carabas, Fayetteville Town Center. You want to come hang with the coach and Gomez and <laughs> Paul? Yeah, Paul's there. You'll have to deal with that. But, uh, you know, two out of three ain't bad, as they say. So lots going on there. Lots going on on this show today. We have two uh, terrific guests uh, coming your way. First of all, our weekly conversation with Joe Girard. Syracuse Guard is coming your way, presented by RomanoCars.com. Uh, we'll do that right here in this hour, 425, coming up here. And, you know, you'll hear Joe about the out-of-bounds play, what happened at the end of that game, how this team can start better, what this team is learning, even though they're not winning as many games, these close games as they need to against, you know, primary opponents. 
They've closed some games this year. And Jim Beheim earlier kind of disputing that narrative. It's kind of a split narrative. They're not closing the games they need to close. I mean, that's just, there's no disputing that. Just look at the close games against the name brand quad one and quad two teams. You're not closing any of them, with the exception of Virginia Tech. And that was even a game that Syracuse controlled and had in hand. Now, we'll see what happens Saturday when they get Virginia Tech again. Their next two games being quad one opportunities, one on the road and then one Monday against Virginia. So, we'll talk to Joe about pretty much all that today. Well, football. With Joe, too, remember, also a record-setting quarterback in Glens Falls back in the day. We are also going to have a conversation today with Dan Green. Dan is a local attorney, and if you follow Dan on the social media, and you can follow Dan at DanGreen15, that's G-R-E-E-N-E, by the way. He's a sports law professor, uh, an attorney here in Syracuse, and he's a terrific follow on all things name, image, and likeness. He has been on the NIL thing pretty much from the beginning and is just a terrific resource for all this. I'm actually going to talk about it in the monologue a little bit here. And it's just such a fast-moving world and what you can do and what you can't do and how the ante just keeps getting upped and upped and upped in the world of NIL and what offers are being made and what schools have to do, what everyone involved in this thing has to do, and it's none of it's being regulated. It's just all out there. It's the Wild West. So we're going to talk to Dan at 525 today and just kind of make sense as best we can of this whole thing, Syracuse's role in all this. And, you know, Adam Weitzman has kind of taken the lead as the big name that's trying to do this. He's certainly not the only one, but he's the most prominent one considering, you know, the stars that he brings to games. And he took a different step the other night. He's bringing a recruit to a game. It's, it's great to bring Jimmy Fallon and Josh Allen and all these stars to up the profile of Central New York and all the reasons that Adam does that, agree or disagree. Now you're getting into the recruiting game, and that's getting a little dicey. But, see, according to who, that's the question I have in the monologue and a question I'll ask Dan later in the show. So we're looking forward to that, been following the stuff, really enjoying it, and I think you would as well. Today is draft day. That's Thursday's key feature. And uh, you know what? We're, we've been doing some great drafts as of late, kind of off the sports page. We did game shows last week, and it's always fun to do that. But we're going to do a sportsy draft today. This is a sports show, after all. Today, we are going to draft the Mount Rushmore of who's left in the NFL playoffs. So that'll be fun. Good, juicy football conversation coming up, and uh, we'll hear from you. I've got some leftover thoughts. I know it's been kind of stewing during the week, but we haven't really got to the Hall of Fame stuff with Scott Rowland getting in the Hall of Fame, which, no, first of all. But it's who's not getting in with Scott Rowland that just speaks to the heavy bias involved in the Hall of Fame voting process and why that whole thing's just got to, not that it's it's important, but if you really want to do this right, the process in which they decide who gets in the Baseball Hall of Fame is so outdated that, I, I, I can't comprehend that this is the way we still do it. So we will get to that later. Let us start here, though. The ups and downs of name, image, and likeness. I was really struck this week by how this whole game has been elevated. Now, you look around the country, and there was a recent story. I talked about it a little bit here. There was a quarterback that committed to initially Miami, backs out of that commitment, then commits to Florida 
partially because he was going to be contracted and see, that's why I want to talk to Dan later about what's in these contracts and what athletes should do. What's in the fine print with all this stuff, right? But basically there was a quarterback prospect that was going to be given 13 million in the course of his time at Florida. And see the big thing here with NIL is the buzzword is collectives. Syracuse has it. Everybody's got it now, right? We're not really sure how these things work. We just know it's it's alums, it's people donating. You can hear a, a commercial where Jim Beheim asks you to donate to the 315 Collective here. Jim Beheim came on with me. I think it was in August when this whole thing was coming together, saying we we got to get in this game, this is what we're doing, right? You feel like you're you're catching up and constantly like 50 yards behind this whole thing as it evolves. The collective at Florida promised this kid $13 million. It fell apart. He asked out of his, not NIL, in this case NLI, his National Letter of Intent, all based on the, this money that he was going to be promised. Now, you don't need me to tell you, that's not name, image, and likeness. What Adam Weitzman is doing with his way of getting athletes here. That is not name, image, and likeness. Name, image, and likeness is you are making money off your name, image, and likeness in the sense of you're selling T-shirts, you're signing autographs, you're doing commercials. Promising to live somewhere and do charity work and happen to go to the major university that falls in one of those two area codes, that's not name, image, and likeness. That's pay for play. That is direct pay for play. But see, here's the thing. That's no longer taboo. When I say that, there's an immediate almost fear that props up there about, and I think fans are concerned about this, like how's that going to get Syracuse in trouble? And I get that fear because that was what it was for years. But now here's my immediate follow-up to that. From who? The NCAA? Yeah, try again. Because the NCAA's authority doesn't exist anymore. They have no authority on this. And, again, a question I'll ask Dan later. If you really went toe-to-toe with the NCAA in court about this, they would lose. Since the NCAA got its butt handed to it in the Supreme Court, in NCAA versus Alston, which was not about name, image, and likeness, but it was a different form of compensating uh, athletes, they have no ground to stand on anymore. So when the NCAA says, oh, we're going to look into this and it's a, an utter joke because they're the ones that turned on the fire hose two summers ago after they lost that Supreme Court case and then basically said, oh, yeah, the name, image, and likeness thing, you guys can do that now. And everybody was caught off guard, and now there's no guardrails. There's supposedly guardrails. Like, supposedly pay for play is forbidden in this whole thing. And you can't talk to athletes. Like Adam was saying the other day, Chris Carlson, I cannot encourage you enough to read the story that Chris wrote about this. And by the way, this is not a criticism of Adam. Adam is doing what's in the boundaries of the rules, right? But has immediately, and others out there have done the same thing, but we're, you know, in, in the interest of talking about Syracuse, have found the loopholes. Okay, so you you can bring Elijah Moore here, but you can't talk about basketball. Seriously? Does the NCAA have Adams plane bugged? How do they not know they didn't talk about basketball? He just came from a basketball game. They picked him up at a basketball game. It brought, but we're not talking about basketball. We're talking about charity work. 
yeah, come to Syracuse and do some charity work. And by the way, who's monitoring that charity work? Who's making sure that you're living up to your obligation to do said charity work? Now, I've seen some Syracuse athletes doing that. We've written stories about it at Syracuse.com, but that's not what Weitzman's doing. That's an entirely different thing. That's the loophole, right? And I'm sure the charities appreciate the attention, but at the same time, if I was a charity, I would be very skeptical to get involved in this, saying, well, are you just using me here so you can get this recruit? And everybody benefits in that case if you have, I don't want to say any particular names here, but if, you're, if you have Syracuse's starting quarterback and a starting point guard and it's you know featured athletes, that's good for your charity. There's, there's no doubt about that, the exposure that comes from that, right? But it's just this little you know tap dance that everybody's doing. So Jim Beheim can't talk about Elijah Moore, but Elijah Moore is sitting four feet from him at that game. And we're not talking about this. And we're, you know, come live in this area code, and it's all about the community. And it's like, really? So here's my question. This is where we're at now. Adam has to offer $1 million to certain athletes. John Wildhack told me on the record in an interview, early in December when I brought up the million-dollar offer that was out there, and I appreciate his candor on this. He said, that's not enough. It's not enough for an 18-year-old kid to come here, play at Syracuse, by the way, make more than any assistant coach on the football team, if that's the case. Basketball, you're in range. And for what? Because you scored the recruit who more than likely, if they're that good, is here for a year or two. Now, you got to get the players, and that's the game you got to play here. But this whole thing has gone way beyond what it should be and how it's supposed to work. Now, I'm not going to sit here and be the old man on the porch and tell you don't do it. Of course, you got to do it. But because it was let out of Pandora's box here in this way, it has gone in so many different directions. My concern is a couple of things. Number one, how do you keep topping yourself? Because if we're already in the $13 million ranges and bring, I mean, Adam is well ahead of the game in the sense of Elijah Moore didn't know he'd have two famous rappers coming up with him on a private plane. Like, that's great. The fact that Adam has that in his back pocket, it can benefit you. That's a unique thing that you don't get at a lot of other schools, really any other. I'm not hearing about this happening anywhere else. And he kind of originated that. So I will give him credit for that, for sure. And that's an advantage that Syracuse up their sleeve. You find out who the kid really likes. If they're a big fan of, I don't know, fill in the blank, and Adam probably knows him or can get him here. That's, that's what the game is, right? I'm not saying don't play that game. You got to get in on the game. I'm just saying what's the payoff? What is the payoff? Now, Adam's talked openly about like wanting to win a national championship in the next few years, and if you can get that kind of elite talent, and that's the price, I guess that's the price. Here's my other concern, okay, because we keep hearing these big figures, $1 million. And I, if I'm just Joe fan, right, and I'm throwing 50 bucks in this collective, if you will, like how am I feeling I can either help with this, be a part of this, or – Am I feeling I'm, I'm out of the conversation? You're going to follow the team. You're going to be passionate about the team. That's not going to change. But I feel like this is kind of getting into a world that we cannot relate to. I mean, it's cool to go down there and snap a selfie of Cole Hauser when he's sitting courtside. But I feel like this whole thing has entered a stratosphere 
that a lot of people feel like they can't get into. This has entered a conversation that they're not a part of. You're you're over here on that side of the rope. And I think you've got to be mindful of that. You want your fans to feel connected to what they support. And there are ways to do that. See, that's the beauty of traditional name, image, and likeness. I like Joe Girard. I buy a Joe Girard t-shirt that goes to Joe Girard. Like, that's a direct line that a fan can draw. And is also a little bit more reasonable than, hey, million dollars, private plane, and all these other things, right? So that opportunity is there. And I feel like Syracuse has to do a better job of letting people know that. Now, I'll immediately say this. They have an NIL online store. They are running ads. They are putting spots on their website. It's been talked about here. It's not like they're just not discussing it. But I feel like what's happening for one way or the other. By the way, pot calling the kettle black here because the media, that darn media, right, it's hard to resist the Adam Weitzman storyline because that it's big, it's splashy, people read about it, people talk about it, and the, the next big name that comes in is a more attractive story than, say, uh, well, hey, I went on the store and I bought a Megan Carney T-shirt today. Don't you want to talk about that? You see where I'm going with this? This whole thing is just ballooning and ballooning and ballooning, and my concern is can Syracuse keep up with it because it's great that Adam is doing what he's doing, but if you really want to play with the big boys and the big girls, you got to have 10 Adam Weitzmans. They're Go go to Alabama and go to some of these other schools, and they're looking at what Adam's doing, and they're just like, oh, that's, you know, that, that's child's play. And see, this is all out in front now. This all used to be done behind the scenes. Hush, hush, envelopes left in rooms, and, you know, I just go back and watch the movie Blue Chips. I am just fascinated how in 1993, 94, when that movie came out, how that was just, like, cartoonish, right, that Ricky Rowe comes home, and there's a tractor sitting right there in his yard. And Shaq, Neon Badeau in that case, here's the keys to your new Lexus. And it was just like this whole, just over-the-top comedic uh, presentation of what we thought college sports is, right? The program came out at that time, too. Uh, he Got Game came out about four or five years later. And movies tend to, they're movies, right? They're entertainment. They tend to exaggerate. But it's also a case of art imitating life and life imitating art and how really crossed up are those two. And see, often movies are ahead of the game on things. That was not really a direct snapshot of what was happening then. It's exactly what's happening now. And it's all out front and it's, you know, the happies of the world, if you remember that movie. I mean, that's Adam Weitzman. He's in the locker room. He's sitting courtside. He's putting all this money out there, and it's all, in a way, allowed. It's, in a way, just normal. But we're going to wake up tomorrow, and someone's going to up the ante, and we're going to wake up next week, and it's just going to get to the point where it's like, amateur athletics is already dead. That's not what I was going to say. You probably thought that was going to be the next thing out of my mouth. Where amateur athletics will no longer exist. Uh, that waved bye-bye a long time ago. Okay? long time ago. We're in a whole new world now. And I'm, I'm just concerned that 
the rest of us can keep up and the rest of us can feel like we're part of it. Because what are we really doing here? I know you got to play the game. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Syracuse has to take a moral stand. We cannot do this. We will not pay athletes. That's no. That's not what you do. Although at the beginning of this process, and I don't blame him at all for saying this, it just kind of shows you how we mark the tape on this conversation. Remember what John Wildhack initially said about this. We're going to do things the right way. It was a fair question then. It's an even better question now. Not just for him. I'm saying in general, what is the right way? What is the right way? Do you know? I don't know because there's no guardrails. This thing has gotten so out of hand that even if they tried to regulate it now, tell me how you do that. We'll talk to Dan Green about that later. Curious your thoughts on that as we go through the afternoon and in the chat at QSportsTalk.com. Joe Girard coming up next. And good for Joe in the sense. I've seen some name, image, and likeness. Thanks. I mean, the conversation you're about to hear is a part of that, and he's got some. I don't want to give people free advertising here, but I know Dunkin' Donuts happens to be a, a, a strong sponsor of Galaxy Media. So you got Joe who's got a Dunkin' Donuts deal. And see, that's name, image, and likeness. That's exactly what it should be. But this thing is going way beyond what. In my wildest dreams, I thought it would be in a very short period of time. Take that as you will. We'll talk to Joe coming up about the inbounds play, the loss to Carolina, the close games, the slow starts. We'll hear it all coming up. Dan Green later, as we mentioned, the draft. Today we're drafting the Mount Rushmore of players left in the NFL playoffs. Woo! Got us a whole show today, baby. Make sure you stick around for this one. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back, friends. Great to have you here. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, Q Sports Talk.com. Dan Green's going to join us later this hour. Dan is a sports law professor, local attorney, and has been doing a bang-up job on the NIL front. I would highly suggest you follow him on the Twitter. And there's been a lot of NIL conversations going on around here the past couple of days with uh, million-dollar offers. And Jordan, help me out here. A, a boogie with the hoodie. A boogie yes. with the hoodie. Not to be confused with a a boogie. Not I've to heard, be confused with a boogie. I've heard a boogie. Okay. And fabulous. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And all that happened in the past couple of days. So we'll talk to Dan about the implications of NIL and you know, the future of it and where we're at now and all that fun stuff. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, Thursdays are draft days here on the block. And... Well, we've been having some fun drafts lately about game shows and things off the beaten trail. I thought, let's get back to sports today. Sportsy sports sports. So we are going to draft the Mount Rushmore of players left in the NFL playoffs. Chiefs, Bengals, Eagles, Niners. One player in particular, I wonder if he's going to get that. I'm just going to leave it at that. 
Okay, so hmm. we will determine draft order now, and that draft order is this. Myself. Okay. Josh. Okay. Jordan. Myself, Josh, Jordan. We'll each make four picks, hence the Mount Rushmore. And uh, with the first pick, I will select Patty Mahomes. Still taking Mahomes. I know that uh, Burrow's going to go pretty high here, just determining the next couple of picks where he will go. I know he's got the ankle situation. That's a short-term thing. I mean, the guy's been in five straight championship games. I don't think I have to sell you on Patrick Mahomes. Right here, right now, for the future, give me Patty Mahomes, the best player in the National Football League. I'm just going to throw it out there. When Patrick Mahomes is on this list with everybody else, I I think first draft pick probably should have been a little more competitive. Got to get him out there. Got to get him out there. I I think the think, rest of the draft gets interesting. Sometimes the well, best yeah, drafts because, are the ones can I just down Because you gave yeah. yourself the first pick, then took yeah. the undisputed best player can I in just the say NFL. It? Yeah. I think you boxed the first pick. Wow. All right. Well, let's go over to Josh for pick number two. I'm taking Joe Burrow. Okay. You're a Burrow guy. I think when you look at Joe Burrow, you talk about a guy who is, I believe, going to make the Super Bowl this year and win it. Made the Super Bowl last year, obviously lost it. Didn't finish the season in 2020 because he tore his ACL, but 2019 won a national title as well. We're talking about a guy who, if he wins on Sunday, has made three straight title games when he's finished the season. Joe Burrow is a winner. He's beaten Patrick Mahomes three times in the three games he's faced him. Fair Joe point. Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL. I feel like we should all be doing our bad Mel Kuyper Jr. impressions when we do these assessments True. of these players. Todd, 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 Joe Burrow, national champion 2019. Great runner, great passer, reads the defense. I got to work on Mike Kuyper. It's usually better than that. But. Fair. I, I, right. I would have taken okay. Burrow first overall, though. Okay. So over to Jordan for pick number three. Two quarterbacks off the board. A lot of great players left. This is currently the best players left in the National Football League. I'm kind of boxed into my pick here, so I'll give you another impression that uh, QSportsTalk.com will enhance. Hold on. Okay. All right. At the third overall pick, I'm taking Jalen Ertzy. Here's a guy who can run, he can pass, he can do it all. He's a leader, sprained shoulder, takes the hits, scores the touchdowns, guides the Eagles to the conference championship game. That was a pretty good Collinsworth. I don't even remember what his voice sounds like. I Collinsworth just... kind of has that southern tilt to it, mm-hmm. and you kind of you got to do this. Uh, Mike, I mean, look at this guy right here. Right. Uh, I'm just glad you dropped the here's a guy. That's the important thing. You got to get the guy The in slide yep. in the chair and the here's a guy. That's a, all I have. did a perfect Collinsworth slide on that. Our viewers on QSportsTalk.com got a real treat with that right there. Okay. So three uh, down, three quarterbacks off the board. Let's just say I'm not going to take the fourth quarterback available left out there, who I am going to take with the fourth pick in this Jimmy draft. Garoppolo? My second. Gardner Minshew? Two very good selections, but won't make this draft. Give me Jamar Chase. Cincinnati Bengals. They're, and maybe I'm just a little desirous of that right now, Josh, because I'm looking at the Bills and I'm thinking we need a big-time receiver like that. No offense, Stephon Diggs. But I just think this guy... I just think this guy is going to be one of the best receivers in football in the next 12 years, Mike. I just really think so. I thought you were going to take Chad Henney. Another, uh, another, can I have my pick back? Anything is possible, Brad. Now, I now have regrets that I, <laughs> that I did not take Chad Henney. I'm sorry. Sorry, Chad. 
Hopefully, you'll still be on the board when I pick again. All right, well, I'm going to win this draft because I already have the best offensive player remaining in the playoffs, okay. so I'm going to take the best defensive player remaining in the playoffs. Give me Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is a spectacular pick. Falling down to six. Probably not uh, good on our part here, but you, know, you got some juicy names on the board. A lot of great uh, stars left in the NFL. Very good. Over to Jordan. It's not my fault Nick Bosa fell. I'm here picking in, like, the, the pity spot. <laughs> um... Okay, so, no, we're not going to pick Brock Purdy. But, no, no. But, can't. Brock Purdy has done very, very well in recent weeks. And what is a quarterback without his offensive line? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some say he's the best tackle in the league for years. Mm-hmm. Maybe Trent Williams. That's a spectacular pick right there. It's a Hall of Famer. That's... I got a Hall of Famer. You may have a Hall of Famer. I wouldn't. Put I have Burrow two Hall that, of Famers. I wouldn't put Burrow in that category yet. He's going to get there. He's Nick Bosa well probably track. won't make the Hall of Fame, but it has more to do with his Twitter fingers than his <laughs> pass rush. There you go. I think I have a potential Hall of Famer, Jamar Chase. I know I got one in, in Mahomes. That's a spectacular pick. So we're back over to me, and we are going to stay in San Francisco where we left our hearts long ago. And we are going to go where you were on the offensive side of the ball for the San Francisco 49ers. And we are going to take George Kittle. Wow. Okay, so that's a controversy. You know, I was waiting for you someone know to do I'm it. I'm going to take the tight end. Come on. But the, you know I'm going to take the tight end. I, I was waiting for this to happen. Why? You went Kittle over Kelsey. I went Kittle over Kelsey. I mean, you, you went Kittle over like two arguably better players on that offense. I got you. Debo you Sam- didn't take the better player on that offense either. But I this don't want to is- say names because you guys. Well, I'm that sure needs to be my next board. pick, so right. we can just get. I'm not that picking already. Evan McPherson. This is going to go chalk. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. That's not who I was thinking in that spot. Okay, there's still a pretty big name on the. Board okay, there, there is, but I thought Christian McCaffrey was the big Look, one. I think. It's a great problem and a great conversation to have between Kittle and Travis Kelsey. I, they're both unstoppable. I just I just like George Kittle. I like the way he plays. I agree with you. Not that I don't like Travis Kelsey, but that's just it, I like that player. Here's what I say about it. George Kittle is a better tight end. Travis Kelsey is a better pass catcher. I think if you swapped them both straight up trade, yeah. they both would not be as good in each other's offense. You just took McCaffrey. I did. Tell me why McCaffrey over some of the other players that are still sitting there. Because I think McCaffrey has a bigger impact than anyone else remaining. You're not worried about the health, though? No, not at all. I think the way he's been run in the past month has been wild. Because everything's on play here. This is not, you know, this is like all things considered, how many years they have, how healthy they are, what their contract is, just like everything's All, all things on in play. Team. Yeah. I want to clarify, all things in play means only players, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Over to Jordan. Pick number nine. Going at a good pace here, boys. Good gravy. I'm stuck between two guys here, mm-hmm. but I can't look Travis Kelsey at pick nine and not take him. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Give me Kelsey. I'm I'm surprised he fell this far, as a matter of fact. And I don't even feel right taking him, but... Someone's got to take him. Mm-hmm. I know. If nobody took him, now we got a problem. Yep. I got one guy right. I don't think is going to be picked, and I think it's an issue. And we'll talk about it after on QSportsTalk.com. Intriguing. Okay. Call that a tease in the industry. That's what we do. We call that a tease. 
into business, as we say. <sighs> All right. Back over to me. Kind of going through the choices here. Because I've already got two receivers, and I got a third in mind. But I'm thinking he's taking Samaj P. Ryan right now. Mm-hmm. How'd you know? How'd you know? <sighs> I'm just going to do it. I'm going to take Debo Samuel. Okay, okay, fine. I'm going to take Debo Samuel. You made my I, decision easier then. That's three receivers, but I don't know. I want a high-powered, high-flying offense. I know I'm leaving some defensive players off the You're board You're leaving here. all the defensive players. We all did. <laughs> There's not a lot of defense other than Bosa that got picked in this draft. But we got two picks left here. I have to make this pick. I just have to. I yeah. mean, we took a lot of Niners already. We've taken four guys on yep. the Niners offense. That's a lot of talent on that team. We have not taken... I think arguably the most important guy on the Niners offense. I'm taking Kyle Juszczyk. Oh, you just blew your draft. I don't to be agree cute, with that, bro. I wanted Kyle Juszczyk on is my board. Is he one of the take, twelve take best Fred, players yes. left? Take he Fred is. Warner if you're going to take no, a Niners. I'm Are taking you Kyle Juszczyk. Are you kidding me? I want a fullback Dude, on my board. You deserve I am taking to win Kyle your Juszczyk. last draft. I'm going to give you one more chance. Kyle Juszczyk. Wow. I lose check. All right. Well, Jordan. You know, Show him up here about who, who we should have taken in this spot. I'm not going to take Fred Warner as much as I want to. Um, Just take Brock. Just do it. No, because... You don't want to Brock and roll all night? Uh, Purdy every day? <laughs> no, I don't. That was really I good. just love that you dropped the dad joke. That's just... Usually that's my job. But that's I my favorite joke. <laughs> I appreciate you stepping in on that one. There... Is they're deep threats, and then there are dudes who are good for a twenty-five plus yard reception every game in an offense that revolves around rushing. Part of the reason Jalen Hurts is so explosive is because he has AJ Brown to throw the ball to. Okay, AJ Brown not getting picked would be a crime. Leaving Boston crime. Scott on the board. I'm leaving. Look, dude, <laughs> I wanted to draft like Lane Johnson or Jason Kelsey too. This is tough. All right, now. oh, I could have had both Kelsey brothers. No, oh, that's no, a whiff. That's no. a whiff. We'll, di- we'll discuss this during the QSportsTalk.com draft, but we kind of diss defense here. I took Nick Bosa. You took Bosa. Was he the only de- def- yeah. defensive player we yeah. took? I took. It's a, kind of a bad credit to me us. for only. I took a lineman. Credit to me. You're welcome, world. I'm Matt You're Millen. Welcome. I took three receivers. Yep. So <laughs> you know that I'm not going to win this. Draft. I, I will say Patrick Mahomes, Jamar Chase, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. That's a pretty fun offense. Yeah, let's go. Defense. Psst. Defense wins championship. Says who? Thank you, boys. Of course. Break. When we return, we will dip back into the world of name, image, and likeness with Dan Green. Stay right there.